Welcome to KISS FAQ's Song Story Series. In this series, we'll focus on the histories of some of KISS's best and least known songs. In this episode, Deuce, released on the band's debut album in February 1974. It was written by Gene Simmons during the second half of 1972 as Wicked Lester was transitioning into KISS. Differing origin stories have been told of him writing the song either while sitting at his apartment strumming his bass, having no guitar easily at hand, or on a bus where he heard the riff in his head. Either way, the song came together in a linear fashion once he started playing around with a bass riff that was based on that of the Rolling Stones' Bitch, a song that had been the B-side to their 1971 Brown Sugar single. Gene recalled, on the first kiss, last licks, liner notes, The basic lick came as a bastard, it came to me fast. A bastard son of Jumping Jack meets Bitch, the lyrics came at the same time as the melody. The song came together quickly, taking less than half an hour to complete, quickly progressing from the basic riff idea to verse to chorus, with the trio then working out the arrangement together. That trio, of course, was Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley, and Peter Chris, who'd been working together in the fall of 1972. As was the case with many early Kiss songs, Paul Stanley also had an uncredited hand in the creation of the song. He contributed to the intro section. According to an interview with Ken Sharp for Goldmine magazine, he'd borrowed part of a Raspberry song, Go All The Way, and altered it to suit the song. had first brought in the song idea, it lacked that distinctive guitar figure opening, leaving it feeling incomplete. In terms of guitar, it wasn't a particularly complex song, just A, C, D, A on the verse with the riff added. But it didn't need to be, it conveyed an attitude and allowed the band to demonstrate their vocal harmonies. With some seemingly nonsensical lyrics, it was, according to Gene, more concerned with conveying attitude than making sense though the general premise was about a hard-working man deserving of the support of a good woman. Gene's life experience was pretty limited in 1972, so he didn't have too many perspectives to write from. As he put it in Behind the Mask, lyrically, I had no ideas what I was talking about. Sometimes stuff means a lot, sometimes it means nothing. But in this case, Deuce worked. The song is one of the holy trinity of Kiss songs, having been performed by Peter, Paul, and Gene at the showcase for Epic Records' Don Ellis in November 1972. The trio had only picked the new songs that they were the most confident in to perform for him. At the time, they'd been working many days a week, sometimes more than 12 hours daily, rehearsing. That speaks volumes to their commitment and drive, and to the effort being put into the thing that mattered the most at that time, the music. Before they ever set foot on the stage for a public, they were going to ensure that they didn't insult that audience with anything less than a total proficiency of their material. No distractions, no excuses, and no prisoners. While that disastrous showcase finally killed off the band's prospects with Epic, the song would be used the following month as the trio started auditioning lead guitarists. At the audition sessions, the trio would jam the song for prospective candidates and then have them join in and demonstrate their fretboard proficiency and swagger. 
They were little more than a rock band at that point, and the performance of the song as a trio was well rehearsed. But since they knew that they were missing something special from the mix, the song provided the perfect opportunity to put candidates to the test to determine whether any sparks were generated during the jam. Gene recalled the auditions. While we were talking to Bob, in walks this strange-looking guy with two different colored sneakers. One was orange, and one was red. We had chairs in the back lined up so you could come in and sit and wait your turn. Completely oblivious to the fact that we were still talking to Bob, this new guy plugged into the Marshall amplifier and started playing. Hey, I said, you out of your mind? Sit down and wait a second, will you? It was like he didn't even hear me. He just kept playing. We excused Bob Kulik and told him that we would call him later. We sat this new guy down. You better be good, I said. Because two notes into it, if you suck, you're out on your ass. He just stared straight at me without any defiance or remorse. We played deuce for him twice. And the third time he got ready to play a solo. And it just fit. Here was this troublemaker who couldn't match his sneakers and didn't have the good manners to wait his turn, and he just fit. What's your name, I said. He said it was Paul Fraley. Well, I said, we can't have two Pauls in the band. Then he actually turned around and said, call me Ace. I said, call me King. I wasn't joking. Neither was he. Paul, in Face the Music, also recalled similar. After a long and mostly fruitless freak show, a guy walked in wearing one red sneaker and one orange sneaker. He was about my age and kind of goofy and pigeon-toed. While we were still talking to Bob, this other guy plugged in his guitar and started playing. Hey man, shut up and wait your turn, we told him. Eventually, we plugged in with him and almost from the minute we started playing, something happened that took us to a completely different place. The combination of the four of us was so much bigger than anything we'd done with the other guitar players. We weren't the greatest musicians, but the chemical reaction of the four of us was potent. One minute we had been one thing, and a minute later with this guy named Ace Fraley, we became something else, something undeniable. I was absolutely stunned. This is it. This is lethal. This is the goods. Ace had swagger, that's for sure. His playing reminded me of guys I really liked, Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck. He was also a total oddball. He moved in a rubbery way and barely spoke. He shrugged his shoulders a lot. However, the story of Ace interrupting Bob Kulik's audition is false. Bob has flatly denied it, telling Dale Sherman in 1999, that he would actually unplug a guitar you know is really comical to me. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm from New York. Nobody would ever stand for anybody doing that. Do you think that Gene or Paul would have allowed the audition of somebody who could play to be interrupted by some idiot pulling out the plug from his guitar? Somebody would never get near me like that. They'd have been clocked in the head with my guitar. It seems that while Ace may have noodled on his guitar while things were wrapping up with Bob, it wasn't a case where Bob, Gene, Peter, Paul were in full flight jamming, as the legend suggests. Ace recalled in No Regrets, It's not easy to hear someone else's material for the first time and try and jump right in on lead guitar. In fact, it's hard as hell. But that's what we did. They told me what key they'd be playing in and then gave me a demonstration. After a few minutes, they paused and invited me to jam along. I'll cue you in when it's time for the solo, Paul said. I nodded. 
At the appointed time, I ripped into a blistering solo, tried to impress them with every cool lick I had in my repertoire. I wasn't even sure it was what they were looking for, but it felt right. I liked the energy in the room, I liked the fact that they were playing loud and hard, and I really liked the song itself. A lot. I remember thinking, if this is the kind of stuff these guys are writing, then they might just be onto something. Ace has fond memories about the song, clearly. He later told Guitar One, I've always loved that song. I think it's got an attitude. It was something we used to always open our show with. I have fond memories of the early days when we were out trying to make it. Not surprisingly, the song is one of Ace's favorite Kiss songs and solos. He's released live versions with Frehley's Comet on his 1997 12-Picks compilation, a version recorded in 1988 at the Hammersmith Odeon in London. The song remains in his solo set to this day. The song became a central piece for the Kiss for the rest of their career, and one of their signature live pieces. At the beginning of the band's history, the song served as opener, and sometimes as encore, when they ran out of other songs to perform. It would be the very first song performed by the band at their first show at the Coventry on January the 30th, 1973. During the rehearsals prior to and following their live debut, this and other songs reached the stage where the band decided to call in their favors for studio time with Eddie Kramer to record them for a demo. Deuce would be among the five songs selected for the session that took place on March the 13th, 1973. The band's first foray into a recording studio would appropriately take place at the same place that they'd first met Peter Chris the previous year, but they wouldn't be using the full technical capabilities of that facility. Ensconced in Studio B with Eddie Kramer and engineer Dave Whitman running the tape, Eddie had been adamant about how the session was going to go. He told the Todd Shapiro show in 2015. So I get a phone call from uh, Ron Johnson, who was their producer at the time, and he says, hey, Eddie, look, Gene and Paul got a new concept. It's a heavy rock band. Do you want to do a demo for me? I said, yeah, sure, no problem. So I said, all right, if we're going to do this, let's do it the old-fashioned way. Four-track, Studio B, half-inch four-track, blah, blah, blah. On the appointed day, all the lads walk in, and Ace is late. Ace Fraley, I, goblet, I love him dearly. So Ace walks in, and I swear to God, this guy was so thin if you turned him sideways, he would disappear, you know. He, would, <laughs> he was driving a cab in the Bronx, you know. Wow. And he plugs in and it's like, fuck, this is the guy. I mean, he was he was the heart and soul of KISS, I think, from a from certainly from a guitar playing point mm -hmm. of view. Um, but it was great. Those boys were so cool in those days. And, you know, they we did the demo and I'm looking okay, you're Gene Simmons, right? Yes. Gene's sitting next to me and he's got this book right here like this, right? It's a and I'm looking, I'm working away and I'm looking over and it's every page has a drawing of each of the characters that are going to be in Kiss, all perfectly sketched out with a description of what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, how they're going to dress and what, the, what their whole image was. And if you flip the page, oh, there's Gene, right, with the tongue and the whole thing, there's, there's Paul, the star, and Peter and so on and so on. They, he had the concept. Like storyboarding, they knew. It was all planned. Storyboarding, he planned the whole thing wow. out.
At the time, Eddie Kramer had been branching out into independent production with his newly formed company, Remarkable Productions, so a full-scale recording would not have been justified for a no-name band with no money budget, and four tracks were more than enough for a competent engineer to capture the meat and potato sound of the band. Just ask George Martin. From that original demo, Deuce is one of only two songs to receive official release to date, having first surfaced in 1990 as the B-side on European singles. It was later included on the US First Kiss Last Licks promotional album and then to the broader public on the 2001 Kiss box set. Having been broadcast on the band's Midnight Special appearance, Deuce was also included on the Alive album in generally the opening song during the period, in the context of Alive it is slightly more significant. This was the first song and the first experience of the band for photographer Finn Costello when he first shot the band at their March the 21st show at the Beacon Theatre in New York City in 1975. Finn showed his photos from the show to Kiss's then managers, Joyce Biowitz and Bill Orcoin, and was met with positive response. It was around this time that the band and their management had decided to pursue a live album as their last chance gamble. He also showed them some other shots from his portfolio, including Deep Purple's Made in Japan and Uriah Heep's live album. Finn went on to photograph the band for the cover of the Alive album, with them posed in what Gene described as their status quo pose at the Michigan Palace in May. The currently earliest known live recording of Deuce comes from the band's mid-June 1973 show at the Daisy. That show was recorded and mixed by Eddie Solon on a 9-channel 27-input PV sound system that the band were using as their board at the time. One full set and another partial circulate from one of these shows, with Deuce appearing towards the end of the first set. Paul noted the oddity of its set position that day during his introduction of the song. This is going to be our last song. And it's a song we usually open with, and it's a song we like to close with. At this time, the live version of Deuce is loose and raucous, and it includes an extended outro jam section that would be tightened up in the studio when the song was recorded for the debut album.
It would be interesting to hear a Bell Sound Studios demo of the song to determine how much of it changed during the year, but since the 1973 demo is easily available for comparison, it's pretty clear that from that perspective it remained generally faithful to its original form. However, it may have expanded during the year with additional jam sections being added in during live performances. Co-producer Kenny Kerner recalled hearing the demo of Deuce. He said, Shit, this is real raw, real street. This is credible stuff. This is exactly the kind of stuff Neil should have on Casablanca, a legitimate and credible rock group. He continued, The songs were well written. There was no fat. It was very raw and very street. I could hear from the production that that's the way the band would have sounded live. It really impressed me, and I said, Shit, I'm going to take this back to Neil. Essentially, the song was simply polished up, both in terms of arrangement and execution for that debut recording, with a slightly longer version having been recorded, nearly matching the original outro soloing on the demo. It was shortened for the album, having the fade-out begin just after Gene's final scream, probably during the song's mixing on December 1st, 1973. This resulted in the song being shortened by some 15 seconds. A more complete recording of the song was released 15 years later on Smash's Thrashes and Hits, but that was a remix version, restoring that hidden audio while butchering the source material in an attempt to contemporize the sonics of the track. also included as a remix on the double platinum compilation in 1978. Like other songs on that album, the recording features only minor differences to the original version. However, the stereo channels are far more blended than on the original recording, taking it closer to a monaural mix, though stereo panning does still remain. Not surprisingly, different versions of the song have also been included on other official KISS releases such as KISS Alive 3, the electric set of the 2003 KISS Symphony album and video, the Alive Millennium show, first expected in 2000 but then delayed until 2006, KISS Rocks Vegas, and even the 2021 soundboard Tokyo 2001 release. Deuce was also re-recorded for the current lineup of Simmons, Stanley, Thayer and Singer for the KISS Classic Sessions in 2007 and was released on the Jikoku Retsuden Japanese-only compilation and as a bonus disc on KISS's Sonic Boom in the United States. 